Welcome back, sports fans, to another electrifying episode of Top to Bottom with your hosts, Mikey and Owen. We're diving deep into the heart of the NFL season today. Absolutely, Mikey. This week was nothing short of a roller coaster. Can you believe it? Five nail-biting games decided by a field goal in the final moments. Talk about edge-of-your-seat action. Well, it's games like these that remind us why we love this sport. Precision, pressure, and last-minute heroics all rolled into one. And hey, let's not forget about that playoff race. It's heating up, and it seems like almost every team still has a shot. That's the beauty of the season, Mikey. It's the unpredictability, the drama, the sheer competition. Teams are pushing their limits, and we're seeing some incredible football because of it. Well, buckle up, listeners. We're breaking down each of those heart-stopping games, analyzing the key plays, and discussing what it means for the playoff landscape. It's all happening right now on Top to Bottom. This is Top to Bottom with Mikey and Owen. All right, yeah, that was uh, one of the most electrifying intros we've ever had. It really was, Mike. That was brought to you by by Chat GBT AI, artificial intelligence. All I had to do was put in our names, the podcast, and a and a couple of bits about this football week, and it literally just spilled out a whole script. That is that's the, that's a, that's the future, Mikey. That's what we got to look forward to. It's kind of insane, like, sometimes you can tell it's fake and stuff, but, like, other times, like, it's, like, legit and stuff. Yeah, like we were saying to each other, we were just saying on the break, it it sounded like we were in an EA Sports, you know, game. We're going to be the newest uh, NCAA announcers when they break out the new game. They won't even need us, though, Mike, because they're just going to use, like, they're going to steal John Madden's likeness and they're just going <laughs> to re honestly recreate his own voice and stuff. But uh, yeah, we thought we'd dive into uh, some, some artificial intelligence and use that. We're going to use that a little later in the episode too. We're going to uh, see if they can predict the future of the NFL season. And then that'll be interesting. But uh, really though, Mike, it has been, uh, an interesting few weeks of football, especially this last one with there was five game-winning field goals. Um, just a lot going on, This, especially on the AFC side, Mike. There's just so many teams that are still, like, in the hunt. Like, I'm looking at, like, division leaders, and there, there's six and three, seven and three, six and three. And, and then after that, it's like everyone has five or less wins. Yeah. It's a it's a pretty tight race right now, like you said, especially in the the NFC. I think that the AFC there's a lot of divisions still up for grabs, except for the uh, <laughs> the NFC East, which is you know Dallas, Philly, Washington, and uh, uh, the Giants. The Giants and Washington can't even 
I don't win the division at this yeah. point. Yeah. So that's really the only one that that is not up for grabs. But it could you could have a team like the Houston Texans come in and and win their division, especially the way that the Jaguars have slumped down a little bit. Um, if if they don't get hot again, I could definitely see the Texans coming in and just winning that division by a game. Yeah, there's so many teams like the Texans that could kind of come out of the weeds, you know. There's still so much, like, it's that time of year where you're like, oh, my gosh, the season's about to end. But really, we have almost just as much football as we've already seen this season. Um, I know a lot of people like to say, like, the real season doesn't start until Thanksgiving. And I think we're going to see a lot of teams kind of turn either turn the corner and get a lot better or they're, you know, going to fall flat on their face and they're not going to be able to keep up with the competition. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Teams like, uh, like the Buffalo bills, man. And they, they come out, fight real hard and you get a last minute play that you are swapping guys out and they just, they catch you with 12 men on, you know, bad communication, get to redo a last second kick. And that was the end of, uh, the OC's tenure. Yeah, that's because of that. <laughs> that's a tough, you know, it's, it, I don't know. What to, I don't know what to say there. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And did they name a, an interim OC yet? Joe Brady. He was the quarterback's coach. And I think he just came in this year. He was the OC that took over for um, last year's Panthers head coach when he got fired. Oh, okay. I'm I can't that. remember that dude. Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Matt Rule. That's he, he it. took over for Matt Rule, and so then he came over and he was the quarterback coach. And so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens in Buffalo. They're they're kind of I don't want to say they're fizzling out because they're five and five, but like there's there's a chance that they don't make the playoffs, and that's the case with a lot of these teams. They're just not as there's not as many dominant teams as there usually is. I feel like Mike like. We thought the Ravens was going to be the Ravens were going to be dominant, and they lost to the Browns. We thought the Bills would be good. They're not, and even um, with with the Dolphins, we thought they were going to blow up. Like they've lost some big time games too. So it's going to be an interesting uh, last stretch of the season for sure. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know. It's going to be a very uh, – teams could be going from the top to the bottom. You know, they could be going from the bottom to the top. With Mike, you know. Right, right. Well, uh, now that we did a little intro that wasn't generated by ChatGPT, <laughs> how about we get into the, the heart of the show, and uh, we will revisit a little AI later. But welcome to it, and uh, let's talk midway through the season. AI predictions. Beep, boop, boop, beep. All right, you know what? We're going to get right back to the AI right now. We're going to see what the boldest predictions we can get out of a chat GPT AI generated um, predictor machine, my Bob. Yeah, I asked ChatGPT to give me five bold predictions of NFL players for the 2023-2024 season. So we're going to see if uh, they're legit or not. So the first one we got, Mike, is Justin Fields leads the Bears to the playoffs. After a mixed start, Justin Fields 
Fields will find his rhythm, leading the Chicago Bears on an unexpected winning streak. His dynamic playmaking ability, both in the air and on the ground, will catapult the Bears into a wild card spot. That is a bold prediction, I would say. Right now, the Bears are sitting at 3-7. and seven. They are on a one-game win streak coming off of last Thursday. Justin Fields will be back. Um, I think they're on a bye week this week, so they will be back next week. But, um, I mean, they'd have to probably win out or only lose one more game at 3-7. and seven. Yeah, they would at least have to win eight probably nine games and so like that would the turnaround would have to start right now Mike do you see with uh just the pieces they have around them Justin Fields is now starting to get healthy once again do, do you think there's any opportunity the Bears could just stun everyone and head to the playoffs well a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then <laughs> but <clears throat> I am an optimist, but I'm also a realist. And I'm going to say, no, I don't think it's likely. I'll say they're, he could get them to 500. Let's see, you know, somewhere around there. I could see him so get yeah, to seven, like eight wins, maybe. Five wins, like go five and three down the stretch. Yeah. That would be, that would be pretty tough, yeah. But that would be playing well and, yeah, just coming back and, and being really good. I think he knows now that his job's on the line because the Panthers are, are pretty much going to be the worst team the rest of the year. So they're going to get that first overall pick. Regardless, yeah, either the the Bears are going to be bad enough or the Panthers are going to be bad enough for them to, at the very least, end up in the top five. And so that's going to be quarterback territory. And Justin Fields has to show that he is good enough to where they – should continue to build around him rather than hitting the restart button and kind of switching all over again. Yeah. But my, my buddy, uh, my coworker, shout out to Dustin. He is a huge bears fan and he does not want to get the first overall pick and he doesn't want to go draft Caleb Williams or Drake may or whoever the top quarterback prospect is this next year. He said he is tired of hitting the reset button, the franchise in the reset button and continuing to kind of start a new head coach and new quarterback and then then break and he's kind of says like it's not the quarterback's fault that that it's the team who continues to mismanage the quarterback and break it that's his recent theory and i kind of agree with him like they've got a guy in justin fields they just need the right offensive scheme around him they need good protection and they need to have actual playmakers around him which i feel like on the playmaker side of things, I, th- I think that you've got enough, at least at receiver, with DJ Moore, with Darnell Mooney, if he's going to stick around after this year, because I know he's in a contract season. Cole Komet seems like a very good tight end. And so if you can just get a decent offensive line and a running game, I really do think that's going to be a good enough offense. Yeah, I get, I, I could see that playing out. And, uh, I, you know, there's there's going to be some teams that want to get that first pick, too, so they'll get some trade offers for it. Um, but, yeah, I, I could see why you wouldn't want to just constantly be resetting new quarterback, new coach. Yeah. I, what, what I think would really help them is bringing in, like, a Jim Harbaugh. You know what I mean? Get, oh, get in Get in a <laughs> former Bear in there. You want a guy – you want a guy who's who's been in it, been in the muck, 
you know, there's a reason why Ditka was such a great coach. He was in there, you know. He he hit guys, and he was played a little dirty sometimes. Yeah, we want to see Jim Harbaugh really, really just rock Justin Fields. Right. right in training camp. <laughs> just deck him. <laughs> be, so, be a good social media clip. Right. All right, on to the next prediction. Trevor Lawrence outshines veteran quarterbacks. In his third year, Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars will emerge as one of the top quarterbacks in the league. He'll outperform several established veterans, putting up impressive stats and leading the Jaguars to crucial wins, signaling his arrival as a top-tier quarterback. Mikey, that does not look like the case right now. At least the Justin Fields we're seeing, like, Right now, he seems like he is – he's not hurting the team, but at the same time, he's not um, ascending this team into new heights or anything. He, he seems pretty average at at the very least right now, if not subpar. Yeah, he's he's kind of like um, like how Kyler Murray is was when he came into the league, you know. But good player, but not, not going above and beyond. You know, they had that – that last last year when they came back was well, like twenty eight to not twenty eight to three, but they were down like it was like twenty nine to seven or yeah, something. They're down something like over that. over twenty points and came back. So um, he is a good quarterback, but yeah, I just if he does it, he would definitely prove himself to be one of the top guys. Yeah. But I, I don't think his windows like he. He still obviously has the opportunity to be elite, but from what we've seen, you know, we've seen three years of a quarterback. After three years of seeing a quarterback start, or three three seasons of being the starter, you kind of know what you got with the guy. At least, at the very least, is he really good or is he really bad? And um, he's not really bad, and he doesn't look like he's going to be really good. Trevor Lawrence just kind of looks like. Uh, like a Ryan Tannehill, like he's, he's always like he's it's cool, like you be your starter, but like right, you'll make it to the make it to the divisional that. game and yeah. and probably lose, you know, maybe <laughs> an AFC championship, but that would be if they were playing really good. Um, yeah, that's right. that's a bold prediction. It is bold. Let's see. Uh, again, I got a defensive one now. Market of Parsons sets defensive record. Dallas Cowboys linebacker Micah Parsons will break the single-season sack record. His relentless pressure on quarterbacks will not only earn him Defensive Player of the Year honors, but also redefine the impact a linebacker can have on the game. All right, so right now Michael Strahan holds the single-season sack record at 22-and-a-half. And currently, Micah Parsons has, let's see, seven and a half. Seven and a half sacks. What did you say straight hands was, like 22? 22 and a half. Yeah, he's not on pace to. <laughs> no, he would, have to, he would have to be Lawrence Taylor to, to do yeah, that. Right dude. now, he's on pace for 15, which, I mean, is still pretty good. But he's got to have a wild second half to, uh, to the season. Um. Yeah, that that Cowboys defense is really good, and Michael Parsons is another level player. Like stats or or not, like he is probably one of the best defensive players in the league. Yeah, no doubt he is. He is a tenacious player, for sure. But I don't think he's 
in a breath of sacrament. Yeah, I, I maybe n- maybe in the future, but I mean, he's not Michael Strahan's size, and he doesn't have Michael Strahan's strength. There's a reason why that dude has the sack record because he's freaking just chucking linemen off to the side, and his his wingspan so long you just snatch a quarterback up. So, yeah. Right. Another bold prediction. Another bold prediction. Now here's another bold prediction. Derrick Henry's decline. Contrary to expectations, Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans will see a notable decrease in his productivity. This could be due to a combination of heavy usage in previous seasons and defensive strategies specifically designed to stop him. Well, I don't know how bold that is. I think... I think the popular opinion is that he would decline just because he's so old and he's been utilized so much. Um, right. For a, for a running back, he is, he's old in the league. Um, and, yeah, his first four or five seasons, he was just an absolute workhorse, man. And the way that they run him, ran him and how hard he runs is there's not really much much other people like him. Um so, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that's a bold prediction, but I'd say it's almost on par. Yeah, he's going to slow down. He's going to get uh, rookies coming in, getting reps. Hold on, i got to move my dog. Get out of here. Yeah, you, sorry about that. You got Taji Spears coming in uh, at the beginning of the season. They drafted him in the third round. He's kind of, as far as this, a snap count, they're, they're at about 50-50. You can tell... Even the Titans are kind of like, all right, like we gotta, not that we gotta stop using him, but we gotta sparingly use Derrick Henry so that he's, he doesn't break on us and that we can get the most mileage out of him as we possibly can. Uh, this last game, he averaged two net, or I think it, the bike or the Vikings, the Titans' uh, rushing attack, they averaged two and a half yards per carry, so not uh, typical Derrick Henry numbers. Interesting. Interesting. Was that all we had from AI? We got one more. Oh, one more. But it's not even like uh, relevant anymore. I'll just say it. Deshaun Watson's rocky return. Deshaun Watson returning to full-time play with the Cleveland Browns will have a more challenging season than anticipated. His long absence from regular play will be evident in inconsistent performances, and it might take him the remainder of the season to return to his former elite status. It's going to be taking a while. Yeah, at least the rest of the season. Chat did not get the memo that uh, Deshaun Watson is having season-ending surgery, so that one is kind of null and void. He, they are right as far as like it was a, a rocky start, and he's still very well getting his bearings because I mean he was also in and out of the roster with injuries, but like he wasn't anything too impressive until that like fourth or I think second half heroics where he actually was injured and he went like 14 for 14 passing wise and like helped lead the team to um, beat the, the division leader, the the Baltimore Ravens. So he could still be the guy, Mike, but obviously he's not going to be this year because he's hurt. So it's been an interesting first two seasons of Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. If you even count last year as a, season because he had a suspension and everything and he, before that he had a year break so you knew he wasn't going to be uh too effective 
he was going to have to, to kind of uh, brush off that rust. But um, outside of all of the off the field stuff, I think, I don't know. I, I feel like he could still potentially be the elite Deshaun Watson, but it's now he's got a rehab from another injury. So right. he's going to be another year older. Um, I, I just don't know, Mike. I, it's it, They're kind of in a weird situation, too, because the Browns with the fully guaranteed contract, they can't just ship him away. Nobody probably wants him just because of the extra baggage that he comes with. Um, and it's, it's a fully guaranteed contract. So they can't, they can't, they don't get any savings right. if they cut him. The only reason to cut him is if he was, you know, being a distraction because at that point you might as well just keep him on the roster and ha- have him be the most expensive backup quarterback <laughs> ever. Yeah. I, I, he's, he's very smart uh, football wise. So I'd, be interesting to see what happens, and I think he can come back and play good football. Um, He's got a great setup if he can actually play quarterback because their defense has been amazing this year. Yeah. Um, I guess you don't have Nick Chubb, but you do have Jerome Ford, who's looked very good. I mean, Nick Chubb could potentially be back next year. I don't know if he's going to be his full self with the brutal knee injury that he suffered. Gnarly. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see it, but I heard it was gnarly, so I was like, I'm just not even gonna. Oh, dude. I'm not even gonna watch it. <laughs> I saw it live, and I'm like, oh, what happened? <laughs> and then they showed the slow motion replay. It's like, yeah, let's just. Whenever somebody gets a brutal injury, they're just like, yeah, do do it like three times, really slow mo. <laughs> Knee literally bent the opposite. What's the one? Direction. Have you seen the one skit? Oh, there's like an SNL skit yeah. or something, or it's Key and Peele, one of the two. I think, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those. I think it might be Key and Peele. I'm sure they did something like that. It was pretty funny. Yeah. All righty. Well, we'll like to uh, step away from AI now, and let's just chat it up, Mike and O style, and we'll dive into just a little fantasy with friends. Fantasy with friends. Welcome back to Fantasy with Friends. We missed you. Come in, take a seat. Let's talk a little fantasy football. Owen, how's the fantasy team going? Teams. Uh, it's it's an off year, Mike. I will tell you that much. Um, right now, I think. Most of my records, my records probably average out to about four and six. I've got one team that's better. My dynasty team, you know, the one where it's like you keep players. Yeah. yeah. Awful. So bad. Probably going to get the first, uh, the first overall rookie pick because I'm doing so bad. And in our league, I'm four and six, which surprisingly puts me in fourth right now. That's just how much of a dog fight it is in this league. You're doing great. You're at seven and three. You're almost guaranteed a playoff spot at this point. So actually, I am guaranteed a playoff spot. It says I'm a hundred percent, and I was like, "Why does it say that?" So I looked, and it's because the lowest ranking teams are three and seven, both of them, and I'm seven and three. I've already beat 
both of those guys twice. I beat Kedrick and Jake both. So times. you would win the head-to-head. Yeah, even if uh, even if I lost out and they won. I was wondering because there's teams above you that yeah. Are, I was that, like that aren't a hundred. Third, I'm in third place right now. But you got the head-to-head against the other guy. Already clinched the, the playoffs. Dang, Mike! Look at you go. Been a good season. That and this our league. I've usually been okay, but never really really good you're always kind of you're always like consistently there you right just, you just don't always never go. take it home yeah, you just haven't gone all the way <clears throat> i will say pickup of the week last week for me i'm in a league with some uh, friends from grade school <clears throat> and i was hurting at quarterback Tua was out and i realized i didn't even have a backup on the roster picked up josh dobbs Wow. Brings me home a victory. That was a Thank good play, you, Mike. Josh Dobbs. And I picked up Brandon Cooks and started him in another league, and he got Dude. me a one, too. It's like a double pickup of the week. Mike, I love that for you. I have really enjoyed like silver learning out of all of my teams that have done bad. A couple leagues, I took the gamble and Jonathan Taylor, and I said, all right, let's see, like, is he going to come back after the being on the PUP list, and obviously I got rewarded. I got what looks like to be an RB1 the rest of the season, so I'm excited about that. Uh, most of my teams are kind of like playoff bubble teams, and so I really got to step up at the end of this season. If you had to guess, hopefully you haven't seen this sheet. No, I didn't see it. If you had to guess the number one fantasy point holder, PPR points league, who would you guess? Mm. Out of all positions. All positions? Well, it's probably a quarterback. It's usually the quarterbacks near the top. Um, the first few weeks, I would have said Puka, but he's been – but he's, he had his bye, and he didn't – he had some, some quiet games. Tyreek's got to be up there. He's probably had some wild games. Um. Quarterback-wise, I just can't think of any quarterbacks that are that are like going insane. So I guess, I guess I gotta. I'll go with Tyree Kill. Tyreek is number two. Number one overall in points PPR league is Josh Allen. Wow, that's really surprising. I know. I wouldn't have thought it was Josh. I Allen. know, dude. That's why I was like, I, I. Went to go look at the sheet, hit the points all the way to the top, and yeah, he's he's. I mean, he's at uh, twenty six hundred yards and nineteen touchdowns already. So I mean, that's a that's pretty good. And I think what really helps him, he's got seven rushing touchdowns and two hundred forty six rushing yards. That's why it's such a huge advantage um, in leagues where you only have a, a four point passing touchdown to have these rushing quarterbacks because when they get those rushing touchdowns, that's an extra two points. And so let's say Lamar Jackson averages three touchdowns, but one of them's a rushing touchdown. Like he's doing better than other quarterbacks. Like let's say like Stafford, let's say he averages three passing touchdowns. He, so he's getting 12 points out of his touchdowns when really Lamar's getting like 14 points and stuff. So, yeah. And I've, I've seen this a lot. I've, on social media this going making the rounds they're doing the top three uh wide receivers talking about tyreek and and aj and then they're Mm -hmm. throwing in cd or jamar or even stefan Diggs 
So I'm going to know who are your top three wide receivers in the league right now. Go one, two, three. Does does Jay Jettis count? Are we only doing like health? Yeah, we could we could count Jay Jettis because I if if he was still in the league, yeah, I'd probably have have him at yeah probably three. You have you only have him at three? Yeah. You're a big Tyreek guy, though. I really like. You're a big Tyreek guy, (laughs) and I think and I think AJ Brown's having best best season of his career. He he has looked dominant. I'm like really shocked. Call me a hater. I just thought that he was going to regress after one huge year because you know usually it's like guys don't when they have a big breakout season they don't go the next season and do that much better. Yeah, and so if if I'm if I'm the quarterback and I need three receivers to help me out, I need three receivers on the field. Uh, got to go, Tyreek. Absolute burner. You got Justin Jefferson. Put him anywhere, and he's going to dominate, especially on the outside. Um, and I'll go AJ Brown. But if I had to rank them, Jettas number one, Tyreek two, AJ Brown three. Honorable mention to Cooper Cup. Oh, throwing just, just Coopy. I'm a Rams fan and I really like him. Throwing Coopy there. He's just got to get healthy. Stafford's got to be healthy. And then he's going to be back to his triple crown ways. Yeah. I would, uh, I'd go Tyreek, AJ, and I have Jamar as my third. Right Jamar's now. a dog. He's an absolute dog. Yeah. I would be curious. Like, I know he would be good, but I would be curious to see him in a non Joe Burrow offense. Like, would he be better or worse? Right. Yeah. I I think he definitely benefits from a, a gunslinger and a guy who throws the ball mm-hmm. hard. Like I, you put him at like with Sam Howe. I don't know if, if you have the same I know. result, but yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> that's interesting. Good take. Anybody uh, like last minute trades you think you would suggest? You know, Definitely. About, about to get that time where seasons or te- leagues lock up for trades. I know, I think ours is coming up pretty soon if it hasn't happened already. I think already. most leagues, their trade deadline is uh, not next week, but the week after, roughly around like the end of November. So, it, whenever looking at these last minute trades, Definitely keep into account um, what the opposing schedules are going to be like and what your team needs are. So for me, I'm on the playoff bubble. So I'm making sure that there's great matchups the next few weeks, like right before the playoffs, so I can eat my way in. Obviously, it's like if you can get both a good schedule uh, before and during the playoffs, like that's fantastic. But just make sure that if you, if you're trying to squeak in, like you're getting a guy that's good right now, or if you're just trying to just help the playoff run, then get someone who's got a very favorable schedule after week 14. Um, one guy that I've heard that we actually already talked about on the show uh, that has a pretty good schedule uh, that you could probably buy low on right now is Derrick Henry. He's playing on these NFC South teams. They're not, uh, any type of powerhouses or anyone on top of, I think a few other teams that, are, that have some weaker defenses. So it's just really looking at you're kind of in this last stretch. And for me, like I want to go all in on this last stretch. And so it's about improving your starting lineup over getting that depth. 
Um, for example, I just did a trade in one of my leagues. I did Tank Dell and Chris Godwin for Laporta because I had I had I got her and he got hurt and I I had a bunch of receivers like I my other three receivers were Alave, Garrett Wilson, Nakua. So it's like, all right, like I'm already set. Like I already got my starting mm-hmm. lineup as, as far as receivers. Like I, I was like, I just need a tight end. And so I kind of took my depth and I used it as an asset to kind of bolster my starting lineup. But that would just be my uh, recommendations would just be to kind of go all in because if you, the goal is to, to win the league, right? You don't want to do just decent. So regardless, everything's going to have to line up. So go get that like top tier starting lineup, even if it means sacrificing a, uh, an extra safety option or two on your bench. Heck yeah. Yeah. I agree. Watch out for those, those late uh, bye weeks. You know, you don't want to trade for some dude and the next week is a buy and you can't even use them for two weeks. There's a lot of week 14 buys. Those scare me, Mike. I know. I know it, it's in some leagues they start their playoffs yeah in week 14 in, in week 14 because yeah. you they end before the last week but um my suggestion if you can try and get a guy like you know jordan addison or really really anybody on on the uh houston texans a guy like uh nicole uh, nico collins or devin singletary these are dudes that you can get at a low price and they're still putting up um, good numbers. Yeah. So um, someone just saw that Achan's going to be back next week. So if you do yeah. have Mostert, I would try and dump him um, after after this week. See if you can get something for him. Because you don't think you could they could coexist you in know, that backfield. I think, dude, I think Achan was just too good. You know, and it wasn't really a terrible injury that he had. So I think he's going to come back. They played firing. it safe. I heard with him being on IR because it was only an ankle sprain. And so really he only, if like they really needed a chan, they could have used him after like three weeks. And right. so I think he's going to pick up right where he left off, whatever he gets in that lineup. And I, right. And I really only say that because like they have Jeff Wilson jr. And when Moster was the number one back, Wilson still wasn't getting very mm-hmm. many touches when he came off the IR as well. Yeah, he really hasn't gotten utilized, and it wouldn't be a surprise to me if he ended up like being a healthy scratch whenever A-Chan is back. Yeah, I could see that too. Or just yeah, having him basically sit on the bench. The whole I know, time. I know. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, hopefully you guys take some advice and maybe use it, or think that we're crazy. I don't know. That's fantasy with friends. Thanks for stopping by. It's time for. Power Rankings. Oh, man. I love that intro. The guitar riff. The sounds. Shout out to our man who has made all of our little ditties in between and uh shout out to ai for making our poster yeah you you probably saw if you clicked on the social post our uh, ai generated image for the app and uh it's beautiful that's all i have to say yeah yeah let's get into our power rankings you know if you listen to our last episode we've switched it up this year to 
uh, consolidate into our personal top 10 of um, the current um, forecast of the season. So, And a trash can team or two. Yeah, we like to throw in those garbage teams that are just like, <laughs> ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. Mike? How you feeling about Philly? I like Philly. I'd actually, you know, right now I'd I would be comfortable with saying that they probably have one of the best chances of winning the Super Bowl. They are a, a very well-rounded team. Um, you know, running back to wide receiver to tight end, every skill position is filled. You have a running quarterback in Jalen Hurts. You have a stout, young defense, um, and you got Nick Sirianni, who is a just proven to be a great coach. Yeah, it, it's crazy because I remember the season or the off season that Sirianni got hired. He kind of had like an awkward press conf- conference. He didn't seem too confident or anything, and everyone was kind of dogging it before he even got started. Ended up bringing that team to a, a surprising wild card team, and then obviously last year um, they went above and beyond expectations again. And so, um, yeah, he is he's really pieced it together. I think you also got to give credit to Howie Roseman, their general manager, his ability to continue to just grab talented players. Um, yeah, picking up Byard was huge, dude. What a what a steal. I mean, it's just like that. It's just like the Swift trade where yeah. it was like, it was like a fourth round swap. Like they moved back like 10, 20 picks, like in the fourth round yeah. to go get a dude now who's their RB1 and, and has been electric. Um, their, uh, what do you call it? Just their their mentality of, of prioritizing the lines, the offensive and the defensive lines has obviously been an insanely successful way of team building because this defense is consistent. They are dominant. They can shut down the run game and it, it just makes the offense that much easier to kind of run and everything. Yeah. I think like almost three, I think it's like three out of the five linemen. Those guys have been together since they went to the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Yeah. Dude, so they have a and just a stout uh, team put together. That's nuts. It'll be a fun matchup this week, Mike, as they play the Kansas City Chiefs. Is that Monday night or Sunday yep, night? Yeah, Monday night football Monday night. at Arrowhead. So that'll be a, I think it'll be a pretty Bowl good rematch. It will. And man, I could see those two making it to the Super Bowl again, then a, a real Super Bowl rematch back to back. I'd be okay with that. They're two really great teams. They're two entertaining teams. I love the two quarterbacks. Um, I love the Kelsey brothers. Dude, the Kelsey brothers. We love Donna Kelsey. This time, Taylor Swift will probably be there. Right. Ed Kelsey's going to be there. Ed Kelsey's going to be there. Ed, did you see uh, uh, Taylor Swift's dad now is a Chiefs fan. He they, they took a picture of him, and he's wearing like a little Chiefs lanyard. <laughs> <laughs> and Travis Kelsey's like standing next to him at a concert. Dude, that's that's awesome. Well, land here. So whoever uh, Mr. Swift is, is that even Taylor Swift's actual last name? I don't know. I think it's yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm Maybe. assuming it is, but I, I would be surprised so. if she had like a right. stage name or something. 
for sure. Everybody has a stage name. My my real name's Mikey. It's Michael. (laughs) (laughs) You had a stage name your whole life. Yeah. (laughs) I just throw it out there. Number two, the team we just mentioned, the Kansas City Chiefs. Mike, they've they've got a couple of losses, and I think they were on bye, right? This past week, and, and before that, they just lost to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Um, do you yeah. think they're going to be able to regain their confidence uh, against the e- Eagles this upcoming week and kind of piece together the team and, and be ready to really just dominate down the stretch? Yeah, I, I think so. It'll be, you know, Andy Reid doesn't lose two games in a row very often. So um, I think they're going to come out and, and be on top uh, and come out swinging they got to score points here in this game because uh, the eagles are going to score points um so yeah i think chiefs be all right this week you gonna be all right yeah number three i, I if you would have told me this at, at the beginning of the season i would have been shocked that they're this high and they've become this good the lions the detroit lions the jared golf web lions on kneecap eating Lions. The kneecap eating lions. Yeah, Dan Campbell. Love Dan Campbell's him. a beast. I think where it starts and props to their general manager is is they knew how to make Jared Goff successful. It wasn't by getting uh, a superstar of weapons, which I mean is also good. They they do have a couple of great uh, skill players, but it's by getting a good offensive line because when Jared Goff has good protection, just like he did in this 2018 season, he can ball out. I mean, you could say he's borderline uh, like in the MVP conversation just because there's not an insane amount of like relevant quarterbacks. Like he's leading, he's led this team to seven wins, which I mean, outside of last year, it's, it's like, I feel like the Lions haven't won, had gotten seven wins for a really long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, on the line, Taylor Decker, um, he's been a beast for a while. Frank Ragno has been there for a while and they've also been able to add like Penae Suell a couple of years ago. So, um, they're balling out and they've got a stud running back duo between Gibbs and Montgomery. And so just, they're doing everything right on offense. The only thing you're worried about is the defense, their Achilles heel. Are are they going to be an issue down the stretch? Are they going to be able to hold up against your your Eagles that you're going to play in the conference against the Cowboys? Um, they're they're undoubtedly going to the playoffs, Mike. But like, how are they going to do against top competition? That's the question right now. Yep, for sure. Yeah, uh, I agree with you, man. It's a wild to see the Lions on top, but I'm happy for them. Definitely a team that's deserved it. You know, watching them. What. While I'm growing up, uh, they were kind of growing up too out of all their <laughs> terrible <laughs> football. Dude, but they're here. They have, they've done a good job of just slowly piecing this team together, and this Campbell-led team has just gotten better each and every year, Yeah, which has been impressive to see. Great coach. I think Dan Campbell is going to be like a Bill Belichick dude. I think he's going to be there for twenty years, man. Dang. They're going to oh. have to. They're going to have to pry that job out of his <laughs> hand. And the the sorry GM that's got to go tell that dude that you're fired. Wow. Good grief. <laughs> I'm talking ripping a steel door off the hinge, brother. He's going to be pissed. 
But this is another team that I didn't really think uh, would be where they're at in the power rankings. The Ravens at number four. Baltimore Ravens. Um, they seem like a pretty good team all around. Lamar Jackson's played some good football this year. Their defense, as always, is solid. Um, but they kind of had a surprise loss and uncharacteristically kind of fall apart at the end and, and let the Browns kind of sneak behind them and beat them. Yeah, and I actually saw a little clip that was was like, can the Ravens hold on late in the game? Is that a, a tell of what's going to happen later in the playoffs? Hold on one sec. Chica, get yeah, Sorry, probably heard her whine in there on the <laughs> microphone. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a tell, you know, a game, you know, as we're recording right now, the Thursday night game's about to start. It'll be a tell tonight to see if they can hold on against the Bengals and, and win this game. Um, as they get later into the playoff race and secure a spot, um, I could see them making it to the divisional. I don't know if they're going to make it to the AFC Championship. They do have some woes. Um, you know, Lamar is good. He did win MVP, won Heisman, but he's never made it to the to the dance. So he's got to he's got to prove it. This could be his year. He's got to step up and he's got to uh, take care of that narrative that he doesn't show up at the end of the season because you, you think his MVP season, he, they, they were kind of stunned by the Titans. That was the year that the Titans went all the way to the conference yeah, championship. Yeah, stomp, stomped on their emblem and you know, like, like, yeah. they got in a fight before the game. They got Those two, two teams got beef. Yeah, they do. And then last year he was hurt for the end of the season. So Yeah, Tyler Hudley. Tyler Hudley kind of. Didn't do anything to, to keep him in the... Dude, he's crazy. As we say his name, he comes to... Yeah, we run, see him This on guy's the, running out the tunnel the right now. We're watching like the pregame for Bengals-Ravens. Um, and then I'm thinking... I forgot of his other one, but it, he didn't. He hasn't made it to the conference championship before. Um, if Lamar's going to be that true difference maker and that guy, like this is the team to go do that with. They have a great defense. They've... Uh, They've got the surrounding talent, so let's see Lamar. Let's let, let's see you step up. Yeah, just do it, dude. Do it. Number five, San Francisco 49ers. They got their swagger back with, with the loss to, or with with giving the Jaguars the loss that they they went back to kind of stomping on teams. And it's not like the Jaguars had a nice little winning streak going on, so it's not like they just uh, they went and beat the Panthers or something. So, good win to get their swagger back. Mikey, do you think that um, Brock Purdy will be able to kind of keep this team afloat, or do you think they'll maybe ponder putting in Sam Darnold in that quarterback if this offense isn't consistent enough? Really? Dude, I didn't even, like, I didn't even consider that. I forgot he was actually their backup. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it'd be interesting, man, because at first I – Last year, I was like, dude, this is like Kurt Warner Jr. coming out of nowhere, Mr. Irrelevant. It's wild. You know? And now this year, um, I was like, man, I'm not really sure if I'm buying in on this guy. And then as the season went on, it's kind of proven that um, I think he's a product of the environment around him. He plays really good with the players that he has. But, like, I mean, there was that 
that they had gone on that three-game losing streak where McCaffrey had gotten hurt in mid-game, Debo got hurt mid-game, they ended up losing, and then Debo had been out the next two games and they'd lost three in a row. So you go from what five and five and zero oh, or six and zero oh, to six and three, five and three, and uh, yeah, I'd be curious to see what happens. I don't know if they'll pull Sam Darnold in there. I don't. I don't know if he's much better, but um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I would be interested to see, though, Sam Darnold in this lineup because it's not like he was able to keep the Panthers competitive at the end of last season. And you could definitely say that he just wasn't good in New York because it was the Jets because they didn't have the coaching staff to support him. So I, he was supposed to be like the best quarterback the year that he was drafted. And so it would just, I would be interested to see a guy with him, like, you know, he's got the talent and stuff. You could say he's kind of the opposite of Brock Purdy like he he's gushing with talent and stuff and I guess he's a smart guy and everything but Brock Brock Purdy it's kind of just like he makes the right plays he's got that awareness and that intelligence rather than just like athleticism so we'll see if Brock Purdy can uh keep this dub train rolling number six we've got the Miami Dolphins. We talked about it earlier this episode that Devin Achan is almost back from IR. Uh, Mike, is, is that going to be enough for them to kind of hit the gas and be able to beat big-time teams uh, this year? Um, you know, that's a, a thing that they've, you know, they haven't beaten winning teams. So it, it'll. this team is very... Uh, talented, have a lot of skill, a lot of skilled players, a lot of big names on defense, but they just don't have it all together on yeah. defense. I don't think, you know, I don't think um, and their offense, you rely, you rely heavily on um, guys getting open. So if, if you're smothered with Tyreek and Waddle, your other guys have to catch the ball and, and, you know, your offensive line has to block. So it's it's interesting when they go up against tougher teams, but I think that they can make it to the AFC championship. They're not they're not ready for the Super Bowl yet. Um, but they're they're a very fun team to watch. They're they're a lot like when Tyreek was on uh, the, the, Chiefs. the Chiefs, man. They're just you have a lot of weapons. These dudes are constantly doing high-scoring games when they're winning, and even when they're losing, they're putting up a, a good amount of points. They make they they stay uh, in competition. So, um, I think that they'll, like I said, I think they'll probably make it to the AFC Championship, but they'll lose. But to the to the Chiefs, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that your prediction last yeah. year, Chiefs and Dolphins? <laughs> I wanted a Chiefs Dolphins Super Bowl, but that can't happen. Tragic. And- Maybe we can find a way to bend the rules, make it make it happen. All right, and, and a team that a lot of people thought that I thought personally is my Super Bowl favorite uh, coming into the season at number seven, the Cowboys. Uh, Mike, they've kind of been all over the place. What do you think of the Cowboys after week nine? You know, um, it, it definitely was a statement win to beat the Giants by that much, but I, the Giants are just t- terrible, right? 
right now as is. Um, I, I don't think there's anything you can take away from that Giants game. We knew the Cowboys could blow out a team, and we knew the Giants could get blown out. Just yeah. like it's like you put anybody before. in this top 10 power rankings against the Giants, and they're probably going to have the same uh, outcome that the Cowboys had. Yeah. This is another team I think that can make it to their championship uh, for their conference, but I don't think they're making it to the Super Bowl. I could see them getting um, the on the opposite end of the bracket of the Eagles and making it to the championship, losing to the Eagles, um, or losing them in the in the divisional round too. So um, they're just not going to make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I think they have the offensive arsenal to be a good team. Um, but they just, yeah, they got to be consistent. Uh, they put up a good fight against the Eagles, 28-23. to 23, uh, But obviously they didn't get the job done. Are, are we going to see them fizzle out again in the playoffs like we always have seen them do? I mean, since we've been alive, Mikey, they always talk about the Cowboys being a winning team, but they haven't won a Super Bowl like – over the past quarter of Since a century. Troy Aikman, dude. And, yeah. And, yeah, I I think losing Trayvon Diggs to injury was pretty big for him, too. You know, you have yeah. you have a lot of control uh, in the middle with, with Van Der Ersch, and then you got control up front with Micah Parsons and, uh, and Lawrence, and then you have Diggs, who just can cover everything. So... Um, yeah, that you you lost your secondary leader there in Diggs, and so those guys kind of rely on on a leader to 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 help them out, and they the, they'll get beat um, by some tougher teams, but yeah, they'll they'll make a little run. Yeah, they'll make things interesting. Number eight, a lot of people might not uh, agree with this one. We have the Steelers, Mikey. Why do the Steelers deserve to be in the top ten of the NFL right now? Because defense wins championships, that's why I would say. Um, you know, there. I, I've thought about this. You know, Tomlin's probably looking at how Josh Dobbs is doing in Minnesota and being like, "Oh my!" They God. drafted him, right? Yeah, they drafted yeah. him. He was a backup. He had he had actually played a couple downs whenever Mason Foley or Mason Rudolph got hit in the head <laughs> with his own helmet. Man, that feels like forever. Ago. I know. And then then they then they got rid of them, and so um, I think that this team is a good quarterback away from a trip to the Super Bowl. I really do. I think their defense is that good. JJ Watt, I think he's better than Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is a great uh, defensive back, but our defensive end. But I think that that JJ takes the cake. He just plays so much tougher and so much more. Just explosive and in your he's face. A, he's a dominating pass rusher, and I feel like he's, and this is why he won the defensive player of the year last year, at times he can take over games, and you can really tell, like, whenever he, whenever he, they need the defense to make a play, he makes those plays. You know what I mean? Like, he's not just, like, consistently good. Like, he will step up, and he will, like, he will get that ball. He'll get the turnover. He'll get that field position so the offense can score and kind of swing things back. Yeah. And I, my best friend Clay, he's a huge Steelers fan, diehard. And he said something that 
actually I was like, wow, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And the reason why that that the Steelers offense can just gradually just succeed just a little bit is because when Kenny Pickett throws the ball on target, he hits his guy. When he throws it off target, there's no way anybody's gonna pick it off because it's in the first <laughs> it's in the first row. You know, so you never That's have to worry about them turning the ball over because he's either hitting them or he's not. He's not hitting anybody. Yeah, I, it's funny because I feel like we keep on to these teams talk about the quarterback, but it's such an important position. It's like it, it comes down. Can Kenny Pickett, can, can he play the guitar? Can he be that 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 dude for this team? Because if he can, if he's an above average quarterback, this is an above average team and they're going to go to the playoffs. But if he's not going to be able to get the ball to Pickens, to Deontay Johnson, um, then they're not going to be able to be successful. Um, it's interesting to see this this rushing uh, tandem of Najee Harris and um, like, you know, J- uh, Warren, Jalen mm-hmm. Warren. Yeah, Jalen Warren. Who, rookie, great, great dude. He's freaking tearing it up, I think. Yeah. So – They've got a good duo back there, um, and they, they've got the receivers and everything. So Kenny Pickett, brother, can you step up to the plate? You know well, who can't step up to the plate at the quarterback position? Our quarterback at number nine, C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. They're a fun team to watch, Mike. And, and in a season where it feels kind of like, most teams are at about where we expected them, or we're not too surprised about the outcome. This is the biggest surprise, and to me, the most pleasant surprise that we've seen in the league this year. Yeah, I do. I, I'm I'm right there with you. This team is my dark horse to make it uh, in the late run into the playoffs. They, I could I could see them weaseling their way into an AFC they, championship. They'd be fun. Trip, His, you know, for a rookie. C.J. Stroud's ball placement is insane. Like if you see some of those plays that he made the past game, like. He just puts it, he puts it right in the bucket. Yeah, and he was like he was a senior in high school and was not didn't have any commitments, didn't have a passing coach or anything. He was studying uh, YouTube videos on how to like throw and and get better. Yeah, and Dang. and to make it to where he's at today, man, I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the the Houston Texans to see him see him get back to their former glory. Former glory. I mean, they haven't had too much glory. I guess they were good for a few years with Deshaun, but like, well, I guess it was the Houston Oilers who's really the yeah the the Titans. Houston, technically the Titans, because Titans I have the rights to the Oilers, and so if they wear the Oilers jerseys. I would be kind of ticked <laughs> if I was if I lived in Houston and I used to be a fan of the Oilers and now of the Texans to see my division rival get wear? to wear the Oilers jerseys. Right, that'd be kind of annoying, but. Yeah. Such is life. Such uh, is life. A couple of, of good wins for, for Stroud in the boys uh, above 30 the past two games against the Buccaneers and the Bengals. This offense is flying. Uh, can the defense keep up with them? Uh, we'll have to see, Mike. You got D'Amico Ryan's, an offensive head coach. He might be able to coach them up. But they're, they're an interesting team at, at the bottom of the top 10 that they're young. Uh, they're still kind of figuring everything out. They got a new coach. They're still figuring out the scheme and piecing things together. If there's a team that we could see trend upward on this top ten the most, Mike, it might be the Texans. I agree, and I like it. I like it. 
a team that I, I believe I could be wrong it trended down from the last time that we that we did our, our power rankings is uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who we have at number ten, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, why are they only at ten? Is is it primarily because of of the dominating loss to the 49ers last week? Yeah, I'd say that you know they dropped that much because of it. Um, you know, I throw like I said, Steelers. Steelers have a better defense. Texans are a lot more fun to watch, and they're just they're hot right now, so they got to be where they're at. Um, and Jacksonville has their woes, man. They'll look really, really good, and then you know the the you'll have a, a Trevor Lawrence game where it looks like you crap the bed, and it's like you know, like we were saying earlier, he's kind of right right at that mid tier right now, so be interesting to see what happens the rest of the season if they can make their way back up i think it's another team that probably loses in the divisional or maybe even loses the first round of the playoffs yeah i'm i'm looking at some of just the overall statistics for this team and they are they just scream average right now they're 17th (laughs) in passing yards they're 15th in rushing yards they're tied for 15 uh in points scored and they're tied and not tied. They're just at 15 for, for uh, points allowed. So I'm telling just, you, Texans could sneak in and get that division. Oh, dude. very, very well. They already lost to the Texans once in week three. And you look the three best teams they've played, the Jaguars have played. They've lost all of them. Chiefs, Texans, 49ers, and all uh, multiple score losses too. So, uh, Lawrence has a lot to show to show if he's actually the guy. Trash can teams, Mike. Is, is there any teams that aren't named the Carolina Panthers that just scream trash can? Um, you know, I don't want to dog on the Bears. We we already touched the Giants. They're they are just oh my gosh. Panthers that, and the Giants. Tommy DeVito, you're you're starting a dude who peaked in his New Jersey high school. Come on, man. Um, I'll tell you what. I was really low on the Broncos. And even as the season went on, I was I was low on them. They are. This defense. This defense helps them. And I think Sean Payton has figured out a way to just coach Russell Wilson. I yeah. think he tried to take – and you had mentioned this last, last episode that uh, – He's, it's not Drew Brees. You're not coaching Drew Brees anymore. And you can't take Drew Brees' offense and apply it to this Denver team. Nope. You have to run the ball through Russell Wilson. Let him scramble out. Let him be ru- let him be Mr. Unlimited. You know? And, <laughs> Mr. Unlimited. Yeah. And I, I like Russ. He's a Christian and you know, a great dude. Um and yeah, I think that they're going to trend up. I'm not going to want them to trend up too much. I mean, they're in the same division as the Chiefs, <laughs> but they can uh, they can make their way into a a very very low playoff spot if they sneak in. It'd have to be you know the 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 Browns are going to have to continue to fall, which they most likely will, and the Bills are going to have to continue to fall. So if those two things happen, I think that the Broncos can get it in there on that last playoff spot Broncos are four and five Mike so I mean if they can win five of the last eight games they could yeah. I think it's going to take because 
the Jets, man. Rodgers says he's coming back in two weeks. So if he if he could come back and win out, that puts them at ten and seven. I'd, hey, your bold take. Right. Still be and right. I'm telling you, they're holding on, man. I've not absolutely loved how the Jets have looked recently. If we're kind of talking about even just like middle of the pack teams, uh, two tough losses and just lackluster offensive performances against the Chargers and the Raiders, Mike. So, yeah, and, and then Salah's still back. Wilson, man. And it's I a, think if he keeps on doing that, he's going to lose the locker room soon, and we're going to be talking. We're going to be talking uh, about them as as one of the teams as worse in the league. Yeah, I I would I would agree too, man. I think that it's just time to step up. Even if you give Simeon a chance, you know, uh, just let him. Let, let's see what the guy can do. Um, it'd be interesting. Um, see what happens when. When Rodgers comes back, I'm sure they'll they'll win a couple games, but um, yeah, they have got to do something in order to to win back the the locker room and get that. Cause I I know going into MetLife that Wilson's got to be looking over his shoulder, thinking somebody's throwing stuff at him. There's no yeah. way. It's 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 tough if you're Zach Wilson because obviously he doesn't want to be be bad, but it's just. He just can't piece it together. I don't know if he's just too overwhelmed. I don't know. I don't know what it is, Mike. But it's it's not going to be pretty if this is the same offense they're they're wheeling out in week fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. We'll see. I, I wonder though. A lot of people think that it's kind of Rogers calling the shots that he was like, don't don't bring a guy in like though. I don't want Josh Dobbs going in here and, and like balling out playing good. Yeah. I could see that too. You know, you don't want a guy playing too good and then he loses his job. And I just lose his job. A person who I, who they're saying he's going to lose his job. I don't think he'd ever lose his job. Bill Belichick of the Patriots, man. But you think uh, that they're, they're using Mac Jones wrong. Or do you think that it's uh System problem, Mac Jones problem. Because I mean, they threw ba- they threw Bailey Zappi in there, and he throws a pick, a three throws in at the end of the game. I mean, I just think they need uh, not Mike McDaniel's. What is name? Uh, Josh McDaniel. Josh McDaniel. I bring him like, back. <laughs> and he's got to bring him back. I mean, that was the last time he was good, right? Was yeah. was his rookie season? Uh, they obviously, I, I guess. Belichick's a more defensive guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't – I didn't really think Bill O'Brien was an offensive guy. I thought he was more of a defensive guy, and he's their offensive coordinator. Yeah, and last year they had Matt Pat- Patricia, the the former, like, D.C., and so it's – I don't know if he's <laughs> lost his touch. I don't know if Max just, like, not it, but – they're falling apart, Mike. It's, and, a, it's an odd choice, you know. Yes. Putting yes. your former defensive coordinator as your new offensive coordinator. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Is it because he wears a pencil in his hat? Yeah, that's why. <laughs> Number two pencil, to be specific. But. Uh, Titanga. Uh, what's, the, what's the pencil company? It's not titanium, is it? No, no. no Titanga. I don't know. Somebody's probably listening to this, you know, screaming it into the podcast. <laughs> hey, probably. I'm, I'm sorry, pencil fan, that we weren't able to, 
to get the brand right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the Patriots. I think Bill will probably get another shot. He'll probably get to bring in another quarterback, and if that quarterback doesn't work out, that's whenever he gets the can. But at that point, he's probably just going to retire because he's probably got one more year. I think he just wants to break the Shula uh, record of most wins by a coach. And once he does that, he's ready to retire. Yep, I'd agree. I'd agree. Talking about retiring, Mike, I think it's about to uh, time to retire for this episode. I think so, too, you know. And uh, the message that I'd like to send to everybody, same thing that Ric Flair said when they told him he had to retire. It's that I will never retire. I will always stay on the air talking football. Just Very kidding. Nice. Very nice, Mike. But, well, yeah, thank you for stopping in. Thanks for listening to our chat GBT intro and our bold predictions. You know, uh, it's been a, been a little fun episode. We thought we'd switch it up today. So hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll see you well, three-quarter way through the season right before the the final playoff race is going to start. And then, uh, well, obviously we'll throw in that, that playoff episode too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We appreciate you listening and God bless. Peace.